Hello. Hello. Here we are. Once again, with a lot on our plate. <clears throat> you got a lot of stuff? Yeah, well, if we're doing the top the top lists, say top 10, I've got like 23 things, but I guess like 13 of them are in the special mentions. Yeah. Anyway, and then uh, I count four movies that I saw, four new movies anyway, that I saw. Yeah, I saw very little. Some of mine I was catching up. Mass and Worst Person, I think you'd already seen before. Yeah, that's true. Weird time. And then I saw Macbeth and Benedetta. Hmm. Yeah, I would like to see both of those, but I I mean, let's talk about them now. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I don't want to say too much then, because I think both are worth the look. I mean, look, Macbeth, everybody, you know, every individual knows whether or not they have any interest in Macbeth. But I will say this is a cool version. Um and it's interesting to see what a Cohen brother does uh, on his own. And uh, yeah, it's it's incredibly um, stylized and simplified. It's on black and white. It's black and white. And it's on these very simple abstract kind of sets. And it's very abridged. It's pretty short. Um, all that added up to interest for me do you know the story of macbeth before do you know that play uh i do but i hadn't brushed up and for the first 20 minutes i was like oh boy because the beginning is all just you know the politics of who's in charge of what and and establishing essentially that macbeth is kind of a small time you know, wannabe Lord, wannabe King, but he's not like at the top. And then, but as soon as the intrigue kicks in and he's kind of plotting and doing stupid things in his pursuit of power, then it's just kind of a, a spiral into the, the darkness of, uh, of the tragedy of Macbeth. So I got, yeah, it was rough at first. And then I got into it and really, really like the work of, and let me just look for this actor's name. The three witches or whatever they're called, the crones, mm-hmm. yeah. um, played by one actor in this piece. Mm-hmm. And she's remarkable. She also, so again, I know roughly what Macbeth is and what happens, but I haven't like seen a million versions. There's also an old man character who was played by the same actor who plays the witches. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a trick of this version or if that's something that's traditional. Let's see, where is... Uh... Catherine Hunter as witches. She is uh, just a very, very, very interesting performer. That was a nice element. Denzel's great. Francis is great. I think it's good. I think it could have been an indulgent project, and uh, but it felt like it had a purpose to exist, and it was interesting and unique enough. So that's it. Recommend. You know, like when you go to Shakespeare in the park... And you didn't want to go, but fine, I'll go. And it always opens up with like a lot of fast movement of like some fairies and nymphs skipping around or something and just sort of saying things that don't make sense or have any Mm -hmm. bearing Mm -hmm. on what's going to happen. Yeah. And then like the two Shakespeare buffs in the crowd like loudly laugh at everything <laughs> that that nobody knows right yeah what they what what it means mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. i feel like that would be like what i'd expect yeah <laughs> if i went to this <laughs> yeah i think being a film and a very like 
designed and cinematized film helps put a veneer on it that like translates it for you at least in feeling yeah the the look the look calls out to me like the yeah the stills that i've seen i was like oh i probably want to see that but i think i would not understand what was happening yeah, I guess a couple minutes on Wikipedia to read the, the summary so you know going in. I mean, essentially, he's a small-time ruler who gets too greedy and is willing to do some pretty nasty things to get ahead, and it backfires. It's And then that mm. way, I've seen some people point out that it is a very kind of Coen Brothers story for being a classic Shakespeare That's play. That's true. Uh, that it's kind of got noir elements, somebody who's in over their head in terms of criminal activity, and... Uh, and it's got, I, I do like how familiar things that kind of seep into the culture, like, is this a dagger I see before me or out damned spot? All these things, mm -hmm. they get kind of contextualized in a, what seemed like a pretty fresh way. So, yeah. Great. Cool. So, Benedetta, I, you definitely got to see that. So, yeah. we should maybe wait until you've seen it okay. and have a conversation about it. Because it's, I was expecting trash, and I think it's better than that. I think it has more to say than I was expecting it to, but it's still delightful. That's your pull well. quote. Better than trash. Better than trash. <laughs> Elevated trash. Yeah, I think I kind of got, I don't want to say burned out, but I just saw a lot of things all at once. Yeah. And I just haven't been back to the movies in like a couple weeks. I know that feeling. I frequently have that that feeling week to week, and then I pull pull myself up and go do it. But I did have a ticket for the King's Man on Thursday night, mm. and I just said no. I just repented of my choice and didn't go. Yeah, I want to go see Scream. Yeah, I got to catch up on the series. I just did, did number three, so I got one so more to you go. Didn't, and then... you, you didn't know it in its old days? No, I've completely, I'm a complete noob when oh. it comes to Scream. Even the first one, I've never seen it. Yeah, the first one is enjoyable. I think it's because, I don't know if it's because I was just not a slasher guy until more recently in the mm -hmm. last decade to caught up on a lot of that stuff and i enjoy it very much now or if it was the kind of party of five you know hot people vibe of it that felt like it wasn't for me either so i feel like it was a perfect storm of of not on my radar but the weird thing is that you know i know like enough like, just culturally it's in that early 2000s zone mm -hmm. where i you know i thrived baby that was that was right our, i was gonna say day. like there's something so like <laughs> 90s 2000s yeah. about it and so I'm finding that to be the, my favorite thing about it. And also Wes Craven is a very good filmmaker and they're very interesting. They're more than just the kind of popcorn crap I expected right. them to be. Although I thought the third one was bad. I don't really like the the writer guy, the Kevin Williamson. Hmm. Uh, I like the Wes Craven of it and I like the cast. So they're fun enough. They're cool. I'm glad to catch up on them. And then, that, you know, everything's got to get that reboot sequel. So, uh Let's get on with it. Let's do it. I the filmmakers are the makers of Ready or Not, which is oh that's enough to intrigue me. Yeah, that was a good movie. That was good. So yes, I I don't know uh, if I'll catch up in time to see it this week or next week, but I'll see it and uh, catch up and yeah yeah I don't know when I'll see it either, but sometime. So then the two, I guess the two big ones that we've both seen and are probably warranting discussion are Worst Person in the World and Mass. Mm -hmm. And um, I caught up with each of those. So we just each pick one. Which one do you want to talk about? All right. I'll talk about Worst Person in the World. Okay. All right. This is a Norwegian film, 2021, 
dark romantic comedy drama, I guess. That's weird. I saw that on Wikipedia, yeah. Film mm. directed by Joachim Trier. Joachim? I don't know. Yeah. And it is about this younger woman named Julie, played by Renata Rinsve. And I was a little concerned at the beginning when they said when the narration that this was going to be in 12 chapters mm-hmm. with an epilogue and prologue. And I was like, oh, gosh, <laughs> so episodic. Yeah. And like you, I don't like measuring the time of movies because already I have a short attention span. So right. if I'm like, oh, chapter three mm-hmm. uh, and I just can't do it. And I, I just don't tell us about it. Show us. You know, right. I hate that sure. narration. But it turns out the narration is mostly in the prologue and the epilogue. And the rest of the chapters play out a little bit more organically. Um, But Julie has a long-term relationship with Axel, played by Anders Danielson Lee. And she is sort of, what, impetuous? She kind of blows up every good decision she's ever made. Um, She's a little bit fearful. Um, about committing to any one path. They show how she just kind of keeps on changing her major in college. And after a chance meeting at a party with this other guy, what's his name? Oh, um, um, Ivan? Yeah, yeah Ivan, played yeah. by Herbert uh, Nordrum. Um, she, they're, she and Ivan are, are definitely not going to be cheating because he has a partner as well. You know, right. he's he's dating the worst, another worst woman in the world. <laughs> yes. And so they spend a magical evening together of not cheating. And after that, she can no longer stay with Axel. And she kind of makes this jump to be with this other guy. And does this make her happy? Oh, not necessarily. But does it make her sad? No. And uh, years later, she comes to find out that Axel is ill. And so she, after I guess completely ghosting him, um, returns and they have a conversation where she she gets to know about his inner life and the meaning of their relationship a little bit more. And I ended up really connecting with this movie in the end and kind of under like, because I'm sitting in that 40-year-old spot like Axel was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has that beautiful speech about how the world's changed. And and how he just sort of lives in the past. And and yet she is kind of just as trapped, but in a different direction. And I really went for this movie. What did you think? Yeah, I'm there with you. Um, it did. It, it already felt like homework twice over. Everything does. I'm just lazy and movies feel like work sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I, I rarely regret watching them. And this was, it's got subtitles, so I can't do something else. I have right. to plop down. Right. I have to pay attention. And then it's got the chapters and, you know, it starts off and it's like, okay, this is about an impetuous girl who can't decide on what to do. And, and, you know, change. I'm like, all right, she's, it's, is it literally going to be about her just being an insufferable person? And it's not, it's about a lot of different things. She's not any more terrible than any other person. Uh, and then just as, as it swirled around with all the other things that it's about as relationships change as, as I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I understand the acclaim it's getting. Uh, it's not just some artsy thing that people are are you know projecting something onto. I think it's really strong, and I love the ending. I think you and I also discussed the fact that it is that Axel story that surprisingly 
becomes mm-hmm. the the focal point for me of interest me and of, of of feeling you know like her story is interesting uh but the most by far that chapter i guess it's the last chapter everything comes to an end um is to me where the the height of the whole thing and and to the point where the epilogue doesn't mean much like right. she conveniently i don't know something convenient happens in a shower that i was like oh okay that's taken care of uh that's weird and then the also there's a detail here that i will spoil just because i want to say i don't know if you noticed this and i think it's just me because i'm it's probably obvious it's like the end of saint Maud when i thought i saw something whatever uh did you get that the, it was the actress that she had been photographing that is now with uh ivan mm-hmm. i didn't get that i thought it was another random i must have looked away when i looked back oh, i thought yeah. she was just seeing ivan in his new life I didn't realize it was the actress that she was just photographing. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, all, all that stuff was fine. But for me, it was that business with Axel and his his mortality and looking at his life mm-hmm. and talking about, oh, the business about being a child and looking through the colored glass. And and I don't even I can't even describe why that hit me so hard, but it really did. And I just yeah. it, it's an it's an inventive movie. I like the way there's animation and there's there's a mushroom trip at one point that's very weird and interesting mm-hmm. uh, good good filmmaking yeah it's kind of like this like she has a real inability to relate it's not that she's a sociopath mm-hmm. but just their their relationships can only go so far with her and then she becomes her own saboteur and i think that that is a real phenomenon in the yeah. world that we don't think of we just kind of think oh people yeah. pair off and then that's it but there's just so much complexity to mm-hmm. human relationships and different seasons of partnership. And I don't know. Yes. Yeah. This, this movie spoke to that. Also occurred to me after the fact that thematically there are overlaps with the lost daughter, hmm. just in terms of who's, who's, you know, fit or interested in having children and, right. and the way we kind of just change our circumstances or, or can on a whim. But um, yeah, I, don't think they're similar. I just think that there's interesting overlap. Um, I, I think that they're telling a story of a dynamic or very real and true dynamic in human life that is deemed kind of socially unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Like the either, whether it's it's not liking to have children right. or um, not being fit for long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those things are, are frowned upon. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting as you know, cinema gets more comfortable exploring all the different dimensions of being human, and that these that this would come up twice in one year mm-hmm. of uh, of movies. All right, uh, cool, cool, cool. I guess then I will talk about Mass, which was your recommendation. Although it was, I was getting it from all sides. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. see Mass, see Mass. And I'd heard about it, and then I did see like a log line of what it was about, and I was like, "Oh boy, no thanks," because mm-hmm. it's heavy. Um, so, Mass is oh, <laughs> this is what I was just about to read. I mindlessly w- typed Mass in the search bar, and I was because okay, Mass is the quantity of matter of a physical body. <laughs> <laughs> Should add the word film to my search. There we go. Um. There's many films called Mass, apparently. Okay, here we go. Mass is a 2021 American drama film written, directed by Fran Kranz in his directorial debut. 
starring Reed, Bernie, and Dowd, Jason Isaacs, and Martha Plimpton as uh, two sets of grieving parents, although I don't know if they're sets at this point, I don't know if the first one is a set any longer, Mm -hmm. who meet to discuss a tragedy involving their sons. Uh, This is a extremely unique film. Takes place entirely inside a small Episcopal church in what looks like a New England town. Uh, I'm guessing that locale. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's California. I don't know. They, maybe they say where it is in the film, but I didn't catch that. And it is not about people who even attend the church. The church has been chosen as a neutral location by an attorney uh, who is facilitating a meeting between two couples who we come to learn uh were involved from different angles in a school shooting. The son of the one couple now divorced, uh, shot and killed the son of the other couple. Reed Bernie and Ann Dowd are the parents of the shooter and, uh, Isaacs and Plimpton are, are the parents of a victim. And it is simply, uh, much time has passed since this, since the incident occurred there's a whole lot of, there's been a lot of ugly legal battles. There's been a lot of dis- discovery and, and you know, uh, judgment and things said. And uh, this is a attempt to hash things out, take another stab at reaching understanding. And um, this is a very fascinating movie. It is, it's very quiet. It's not sensational, but it's, it's subject matter is so volatile the performances are incredibly uh, realistic is a dumb word, but believable. And uh, they come from what feel like very real places. The dynamics between them uh, are between the couples and between each other uh, across this table where they're, they're meeting. And it's every, every moment in this movie feels like it comes from somewhere real. Mm-hmm. Um, it is amazing that a movie like this is even conceived, much less that it gets produced, much less that it's this good. Uh, you and I have both commented that it feels kind of like a play. It certainly would seems like it has to have been adapted from a play, but it was not. I, Dan, I thought that this was a uh, astonishing piece of work. I don't know if I'll ever have the uh, you know the constitution to watch it again but I'm glad that you recommended it and I enjoyed it. I guess I already know how you feel about it, but what did you think? Well, yeah, it was, it was just great. Like I did not, I was not excited to watch it. I just kind of hit me in the right moment. I had a morning free and I felt energy and I thought, okay, I can finally watch mass. And then from the opening moments, it just played so true of the, the silly church employee, (laughs) you know, (laughs) trying to set up a room just perfectly. And these couples come in and you're the audience. Uh, it, it doesn't hold your hand. You're, you're figuring out what's happening based on their conversing with one another about facts that they already know. Well, um, like, it, like you say, it does seem like the one set of parents are no longer together, but I feel like that was never directly discussed. Right. Mm-hmm. There is kind of this ongoing image of a bombing really that I was thinking through as I was reflecting about how like the blocking is so tight around that table. And then they start talking about the shooting and like the blocking of the room. It's like the people explode to the four corners, like in their pain, right. As far as they can from each other and how, if their kids went to the same school, they used to all be neighbors, but they had to come travel like this, this whole situation has 
throwing them across the country from one another, you know, mm. like all of this separation. And I loved when the guys started getting into like the gun control debate mm. and Martha Plimpton just, I'm not here for that. Right. right. <laughs> and kind of taking it in a whole different direction. Mm-hmm. The the human toll and trying to understand one another on a human level. I think how the parents of the shooter they they have been through everything and they've been accused of everything and their worth and dignity is as far down as it goes. And the fact that they kind of have to act as spiritual or realistic guides to people who've not been tromped down as much as they had. It was interesting in that final speech that Ann Dowd had in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I liked Martha Plimpton best, though, in the end. I think she's the dynamic character that goes just from being so cold and reserved um, yeah, in yeah. the beginning um, to just insisting upon um, finding a way not to have this be her whole life now. Right. I almost didn't want to accept a movement toward catharsis from her yeah because i mean the nothing that makes this so so interesting and how well it's written is that you know the best movies are like empathy machines and just imagining yourself on either side of that table Mm -hmm. is so unthinkable and i was kind of with her in feeling steeled against any kind of reason because Mm -hmm. of how bad it hurts but it's just another testament to the writing and to the direction and to her performance that the catharsis doesn't feel like a forced movie mm-hmm. thing. And it doesn't land on everybody in the room in the same way. Uh, and it just was, I thought it was really powerful in a way that you rarely see in a movie. How does a movie under two hours go on mm-hmm. a journey like that and get to a place like that? Yeah. I thought the dialogue is just electric. Like every moment was mm-hmm. interesting. Like you I wanted to listen closely to understand the conversation to see what I could put together that wasn't being said. Yeah. I, I was into it. How often do you see a movie where you're just constantly like, Oh, people don't really talk that way. Like mm-hmm, that's right. a weird way. That's a weird way to phrase that. That's not, you know, it just, it feels like not a lot of care is taken in the little moments in movies. And this is a movie where it, yeah, it all feels right. And by the way, as to the, if anyone is not a, church person they might think that the lady the church lady character Mm -hmm. at the bookends is like a cringe comedy character or maybe tonally (laughs) out of place but if you are a church person you you recognize it instantly yeah it's very it's very true she just doesn't know how to when to not speak doesn't know how to be a human doesn't know how to like be in a moment Mm -hmm. uh just worrying about everything but yeah um an, an, an amazing achievement i think yeah movie. i'd mentioned the the hymn that the choir mm. is singing upstairs that mm. they're singing blessed be the tie that binds and i'd never really thought about that like you know what is the tie that binds you know the mm. hearts and christian love it is a uh, execution mm. right mm-hmm. and to bless the tie that binds these two couples mm-hmm. i mean that that's an extraordinary amount of grace to be able to to accept that and to say that it is blessed yeah i don't know i'd never really thought of that hymn text on that level before yeah yeah and i like that there's no religious figure who's trying to like advise them or worm their way in or counsel them 
they're only in a church because it was available and it's a neutral place, you know, and then it ends up being the unexpected character and Dowd's character who is kind of maybe guiding them on a certain path. But then that they have this kind of spiritual outpouring at the end, this emotional and spiritual outpouring mm -hmm. that just happens quite apart from it being a church, but, but aided by the ministry of the music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all very, very, very nice. Right. I thought the woman who met as the facilitator, I like, mm. I saw her as clergy at first. Right. And realizing that, oh, no, she's like a like a social worker or a lawyer or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, her attempting to uh, converse with the church lady was like... Uh, oh, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> of trying to figure out exactly where to set the table. and Yeah, and just not having time for her constant... Yeah, it was... And like the all the, the little stupid things, like a too big spread of food at a somber occasion where no one wants to eat your crackers, you know? Right. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> right, right. And bring, the kid, there's a kid yeah. who's working in the church and how he's just a very normal, nice kid. And the, the church lady can't stop apologizing for him, right. talking about him like he's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> very uh, recognizable humanity in, all over this. The the trying to box the flowers, like you try yes, to bring this thing, God, but you don't think through minutes. how they're going to bring it home. Right. And then you're following someone through a church and then like, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh God, oh. I've been there. Extraordinary, uh, really, and, this, and here's a new filmmaker to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, as I say, I have a best list. I guess I can isolate the top ten, you know, and then make the others mentions. How do we want to do this? You want to just list yours off? Um. Yeah. I mean, do you want to just go one at a time, or do you want to say like ten, ten, nine, nine, eighty? Um, I, to do that would indicate, would imply that there was some kind of careful reasoning in the order. And I really think that mine are just chronological. I did oh. not rank them for like, I ranked them. Okay. Uh, that would be a lot of work. So for me, I <laughs> because just because I don't know, I'm not even sure of the ones that are in the top 10, I see ones in the special mentions and I'm like, no, after just talking about mass, I'm like, why is that not in the 10? That should be in the 10. Right. Well, it was because you made your top 10 list in July. <laughs> yes. And But worst person is on there. So I have been editing it. I <laughs> you have updated it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we can if you want. It's fine. We no, can I want one, to. Let, let, me, let me go first. Okay. Let me mm -hmm. go first. All right. So I'm going to give my a special mention to mass because... I saw that after I had concocted my top 10. And I mm. think that had I seen it earlier, probably it would have oh, damn. brought so it in. eager to get it done. I know. Sorry. I know. I know. Um, all right. Number, number 10, I'm naming worst person in the world. Mm. Um, I put Belfast at number nine. Though mm. so I don't know if I really liked it better than worst person in the world, but it, but it was, it was solid. Yeah. Number eight, I put red rocket. That was uh -oh. a good end of year edition. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was super enjoyable and love the world that they created. Um, seven Spencer, what is happening with Kristen Stewart on this awards race? It I is don't know. so is anything happening? Wild. Well, she lost the Globe and then she didn't get nominated at SAG. Oh, like how? What is happening? Hmm. I do not understand this world we live in. Um, I put King Richard at six. That was a that was a movie that I enjoyed more than I expected to. 
Yeah. And made me happy. All right, now this. <laughs> I put Power of the Dog at five and Nightmare Alley at four because I feel like when I saw Nightmare uh-huh. Alley, I was like way into it. I liked mm-hmm. the look and the feel and I was I just I liked everything about it. Probably that's mixed up in long-term thinking because Power of the Dog has also stuck with me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, but I just needed to decide which is yep. which. That's what happened. Um, I'm putting Zola at number three. Wow. Because boy, did I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I even watched it twice and laughed just as much the second time. And that's a special movie. All right, number two is one that you need to see is Drive My Car. Mm-hmm. Because that, to me, is as good as people say. And I guess it has a three-hour runtime. Oh, boy. But it didn't seem like it. Is that a foreign film? Yeah. Okay. Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely see it. And number one, I'm giving it to Annette. Wow. Because, wow, really? Yep. Because what movie has stuck with me like Annette has ever since I watched it? I've seen it like four times and I've listened to the soundtrack and I've carefully put together the, oh, there's that theme or, oh, that's what that line means. It has a double meaning I didn't hear. (laughs) And just because it has all that extra stuff doesn't mean that it's good, you know, (laughs) a good thing. But, But there is something so weird and bizarre and compelling about it that I feel like that's a movie that I will keep watching for a mm-hmm. long time and it kind of cast a spell over me this year wow. and I thought well where else would I put it on a list four nine that's <laughs> no, no it, it's it is it is by far the movie that had the biggest impact on me this year it was well net. that makes me feel better about my list because there are movies that are in the top which are certainly not the best films but they're <laughs> for the ones sure these are your best films they're my best films yeah. uh I have to ask because it intrigued you enough yet to watch the Sparks Brothers no, <laughs> never, never. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Well, uh, uh, some surprises there, Dan. But a uh, you know a, a Dan list. You're a surprising guy. I mean, have you? I mean, I posted it on Twitter. I did look at it. I just <laughs> didn't hold it in my heart. I so I'm See? surprised all over again. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Well, all I right, can't wait so to hear yours now. I have too many special mentions, so let me, let uh-huh. me edit them down. I'll just. I'll do highlights from the special mentions, including Barb and Star, uh-huh. French Exit, um, Malignant, because it was interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, come on, come on, Pig, and pig. Last Night in Soho. Mm-hmm. Those are my specials. Oh. And uh, Red Rocket, because I, I, I just realized it's nowhere on either of these lists, so I'm going to yeah. throw that in there. Fair. Any, any number of these could have been in the top ten. Mass, they they should all be proud. Yes. It's yeah. They're all in the mix. So again, these are not this is not such a dramatic crawl, but I'll just do the ten I'll do the countdown uh-huh. just to make just to stick to format. Okay. Number ten, worst person in the world, just mm-hmm. discussed on this very show. Number nine, licorice pizza. Mm. Um number eight, West Side Story. Uh, knocked in the heights out of the musical spot oh. in my top 10. That goes to special. There can only mentions. be one musical. There can only be one. I don't know why, but uh, in the heights was my favorite musical of the year until I saw West Side mm-hmm. Story. Number seven, Nightmare Alley. Excellent. Good. Movie script and lead performance. Number six, Belfast. Number five, Spencer. 
Here's where we start. We get in these top four. All bets uh, are off. Uh-oh. Number four, No Time to Die. Ooh. Obviously not a best film of the year. Yeah, but it, I saw it, it twice. I loved I loved the Craig run. I've never had a Bond that resonated with me before. So I get to be a dad who has a favorite Bond. Nice. And I thought they nailed this last chapter. I really liked it. Uh, Three-hour damn movie, and I went to see it twice. The Green Knight, number three. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, a good call. That one's going to stick around. I really, really love that movie. Number two, Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. Excellence is excellence. And number one, it's got to be there. It's the Sparks Brothers. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I am. Again, I told you, though, this isn't really ranked. I know. Uh, I love only... it because I, I love the relationship between our number that's ones. That's true. Yeah. Look at that. It's beautiful. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's a great documentary. It was a huge surprise. And I. it literally, truly is one of my favorite bands. And mm-hmm. I didn't know about it a year ago. Like, how is that possible that I had never heard of a favorite band until I was 46 years old? And that's kind of the story of this documentary and these guys is that they've been, you know, they call them your favorite band's favorite band because they've been around and they're Mm -hmm. they're around since the 60s. And yet they never had that crossover mainstream breakout uh, like other bands did. They were sharing stages uh, in clubs in England with Queen. And then Queen goes on mm-hmm. to become, you know, the biggest, arguably the biggest band ever. And But Sparks is still at it. They had a new album two years ago. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh, impact. The impact of these movies yeah. in our lives. So no Together Together. No. Oh, no Together <laughs> Together. Oh, I, I have a uh, worst. Just f- I have a four item worst <laughs> list. I, I wish I were prepared. <laughs> and I guess Together Together. No, Together Oh, Together Together. Yeah, it's not bad. I just was always bugging you about it. And now I can't even tell you what it's about. Which one is that? I don't know why I was so... Uh, I think it's because I liked her her performance. What's her name? Uh, I mean, Ed Helms was fine, but the 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 actress I thought was good. She okay. has a name. I know she does. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, give her a shout out because she's funny. She's on uh, I Think You Should Leave as well. You ever watched that? Tim Robinson's Netflix show? Hmm. Why does that sound familiar? It's the one, uh, you know, Tim Robinson is right on SNL for five minutes and uh, did did Detroiters on Comedy Central with Sam Richardson. He's got a Netflix. I mean, I I know that title and I don't know why. It's the one I think if he's it's oh, the meme with the hot dog guy is from that. The guy in the hot dog suit saying Mm. we're all trying to find the guy who did this. Uh, That's from that show. It's unbelievably funny. It's one of the funniest sketch shows of the last decade. So give it a give it a look. Okay. Uh, I have been trying to find the name Patty Harrison. Mm. She's funny. She's good. Her? She's good to get her. Oh, you know what other special mention I would make? Mm. Is Coda. Oh, yeah. I still need to catch up on that. Coda and Drive My Car. Yeah, Coda's real good. So, my worst movies. Uh, Long Weekend. Another one mm. that I tried to get you to see because I thought it would be a funny discussion. But <laughs> since it's been so long, it's yeah. it's a really bad movie where it's basically like this magic pixie dream girl who ends up being a, a hallucination because the guy has a tumor in his brain. Mm-hmm. That's that's the romantic comedy with the girl oh. who doesn't exist. There's like five of those in the last couple of years. Voyagers, hmm. which isn't maybe bad, but it's pretty bad. I It was fun bad, I thought. You remember Voyagers. Um, 
Is that the kids in... who like drank some poison in space? Yes. Yes. Uh, this the sexy Lord of the Flies in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woman in the window. Oh, which I was forgot a about that movie. Misbegotten, misbegotten thing. And then I put the French Dispatch, and I feel bad because everybody loves the French Dispatch. We are in the minority on that. Well, one. I have not seen it yet. Oh, you didn't see it? Mm-mm. I thought we both saw it and hated it. All right. I you mean, I probably would hate it. Couldn't but be bothered because you thought it looked bad, and I thought it looked great, and then I didn't like I it. I wanted to go, and I just could not make a schedule to the theater, and then other things took priority. Sure. Um, I'll I'll give you a worst list. Okay. That's impromptu, mm-hmm. and in no particular order. Don't look up. Mm. Boy, what a stinker. Yeah. And I'm only going from the prestige movies that I'm looking here on the corner of sure. Awards Daily that I didn't like. Licorice Pizza for me. Yikes. Did not like that. On um, wow. Being the Ricardos, we didn't even bother to review. True. That yeah. we both saw it. I never finished it. I couldn't. You didn't finish I, it? No. Oh. It wasn't for me. House of Gucci? House of Gucci. I mean, of course. How is that not? Another one where people love it. People love it. It got the SAG nomination. Jared Leto's nominated. They Madness. SAG loves it. Also Madness. don't look also don't look up. They love it. Mm-hmm. That is actors, you know, kind of going with the acting if they not that that right. but here's a here's a quick little thing. A lot of podcasts, not like I listen to a lot of podcasts, but the few podcasts that I've listened to about the film year are like so surprised by Cody Smith McPhee's success from oh. Power of the Dog. They're like that's like a nothing performance. Like he gets nothing to do. He's like barely a character. He doesn't oh, I whatever. Don't agree with that at all. And I feel like yeah. I feel like he is like possibly the primary character. Yeah, sure. I feel like he is the hero. I feel like the performance is very quiet and nuanced and yeah. masterful. And it's yeah. true. It's not the kind of performance that always gets as much attention as this one's getting. But I think he's great. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's the like, empathy character, but it's also he. Yeah, he's really interesting. Right, like unless Troy Kotzer comes out and out of left field to win it for Coda, which I think he could, hmm. I feel like the Oscar is is Cody Smith McPhee's to lose. Hmm. Yeah. Cool movies. Yay, movies! We did it. Another year. And I haven't, I'm trying to think of, um, you know, I know all bets are off and everything's weird and the way things are released has changed and mm-hmm. whatever, but we usually see like at least one huge stinker in January. And mm-hmm. I don't know that I've, I didn't see King's Man. Maybe that would have been. You, you know what it is? I think that we're still both catching up on yeah. 2021. I've not Prestige been to the theater. Yeah. yeah. And and actually, there are like decent things to see. Like, I mean, who maybe Scream sucks? I don't know, but like, that's a good thing to go see, right? Whereas it's not like Serenity. Yeah, right. Which even that's getting the people revisiting it. And was it really that bad, or was it a low key masterpiece? I don't think it, it was, was a low key masterpiece, but I don't think it, it was that bad in retrospect. I think we just didn't know what to make of it. Yeah, it, it's bonkers. It doesn't yeah. mean it's bad. It's it's a huge, weird swing. Um, with just whenever you have, I just love twists that are supposed to be profound, but really are just baffling and have like horrifying implications. And it's like, well, you 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 went for it. Yeah, and I have a, a kid now that age, mm-hmm. who um 
invites me, you know, into the realm Mm -hmm. to, you know, whatever. And then I start to think about like, well, if I died, I could still live on in a video game. (laughs) Sure. You know, and and become schmaltzy about that idea. Mm Yeah. Well, I think we did it once again. Now we just need to see a couple hundred movies for next year's list. And we probably will. Yeah. I just need to like get back in the habit in my new life schedule. Not like my schedule is so changed, but you know, Mm -hmm. January. Yeah. Kind of have a new rhythm and just sort of think, when is the good time to go to movies right now? Yeah. I'm, I'm still going to the theater cautiously. I go on Thursdays usually in the afternoon. So Mm -hmm. it's not, not, not too crowded. But uh, that seems to work for me. For my yeah, food. I've got a lot of eating evening commitments these days, and I used to always go in the evening. So I think that that's like what I need to shift to is deciding on a day that I like go in the afternoon. It's good fun. Movies are fun. I mean, I don't know if I call mass fun, but you know what I mean. Going to the movies is fun. All right, Dan. I uh, I do not know what there's going to be to talk about for next time because I they, as of right now they don't even have the movie times listed for Thursday night. Hmm. I don't know what I've got my sights on. I guess if I can see Screen Four before Thursday, I'll tell do that. But uh, I don't know. Well, I trust you to make good choices. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, all right, that's all it. Right. We did it. Thanks everybody. <laughs> Thanks Jonah. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you.